All right, let me start with a question today. What would you say is most valuable in your life? What is most valuable in your life? Just take a few moments and I want you to just think, what is most valuable in your life? Now, here's the thing. I believe if we took the time and we passed this microphone around to each and every person, we would hear a lot of the exact same answers. There would be a lot of consistency in what we would hear. We would hear people talk about their relationship with the Lord, knowing God, accepting Christ. We would hear people talk about their families, their children, their grandchildren, their cousins, their aunts, their uncles, their families. We would hear people talk about their friends. We know that there are certain things in life that are universally considered as valuable, things that people universally value in their lives. And since that is the case, the real question that we need to ask is if we were to take a step back and look at our lives, is the way we are living them in alignment with the way we answer that question? Or does there seem to be a misalignment with what we say is important and most valuable in how we're actually living our lives? The question is, are we giving ourselves and spending our time on what is most valuable, or have we been distracted by other things? So if you have your Bibles, why don't you go ahead and open them to Mark chapter 14, and we'll start there today. Mark 14, we're going to read verses 3 to 9. It says, while he was in Bethany, talking of Christ, reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor, and they rebuked her harshly. Leave her alone, said Jesus. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, and you can help them anytime you want, but you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Now, before we dive in and study these verses, we first need to consider the meaning of a couple of words. And I want to consider the meaning of the words valuable and expensive. Now, these are two words that are quite often used interchangeably in our society, but in my belief, they really should have a completely different meaning. Now, it doesn't take much for us to realize we live in a materialistic society. It is a consumer-oriented culture where there's this inordinate amount of focus placed on money and wealth and possessions. And what this leads to in a materialistic, money-driven society is that people tend to use these terms, valuable and expensive, as synonyms. See, our culture would define expensive as something that costs a lot of money, And they would define valuable as something that's worth a lot of money. 
If you go to Webster's or you go to some other internet dictionary, you will find that those are the first definitions for each one of those words. Expensive, costs a lot of money. Valuable, worth a lot of money. It's the fruit of a culture that's obsessed with money and material possessions. Now, this isn't anything new. I know there's this temptation to always think that we're so different than any society throughout history, but you can go back through time, study any culture, and you will find in some manner similar views that are just equally materialistic. Since the fall of man, there's been this unhealthy relationship with wealth, money, and possessions. Now, I do believe in our time we have this added challenge that the internet brings Because it's no longer just comparing ourselves with the neighbor down the road, but it's comparing ourselves with pretty much anyone on the planet. So it's no longer just a matter of keeping up with the Joneses down the street. It's, man, we got to try to keep up with the Gates and the Buffets and the Musks. And if we aren't careful, what we find is that in this rat race of life, it can capture so much of our time and our energy, and it distorts the idea of what it means for something to be truly valuable. Truly valuable. See, I believe the true definition of valuable is far different than expensive, and it has a far deeper and much important meaning. See, valuable is not merely something that is worth a lot of money, but it's something of great significance and importance. It's something that is highly prized, something that perhaps is priceless. Now, it potentially could be worth money, but I would bet in most instances, it actually is not. Humans tend to be easily enthralled with and focus on things that are just expensive, right? That is the stuff that tends to get our attention all the time. It's what society tells us we need to focus on. We are constantly told by our culture that we have to have the latest and the greatest gadget. You can't have that phone that's a year old that's out of date. You need to have the brand new phone with all of these new features. The iPhone just got USB-C. Nobody knows what that means. It's okay. They finally caught up with 2015. I'm an Android user. Sorry to all my Apple friends. But we're told we need to have the latest gadget. We need the latest technology. We need the fastest and the fanciest car. We got to have the biggest house. We got to have the trendiest clothes. And people spend so much of their life trying to obtain all of these things. We tend to place a lot of emphasis on things that are expensive because we are bombarded with messages that they will bring happiness or some sort of sense of fulfillment in our lives. But we all probably know too well that those gadgets can break. Anyone here ever drop your brand new phone the very day you got it? Anybody? That's a bad feeling. It really is, right? That moment when it's dropping to the ground and then it hits the ground, it's just like you're interceding, you're praying in tongues and everything. Just like, Lord, please. Please. Cars can get wrecked and they get dinged up over time. Anybody here love washing your car? I love washing my car. I really do. Got it from my father. I think he got it from my grandfather. I love washing my car. I love keeping it clean. I love, you know, taking care of what God has given us. But I also hate washing my car because it is so painful when you start washing it and you see all of those little dings and chips and somebody hit it with the cart even though you parked 10 miles away. Oh, gosh. Lord, intercede. You can have a home, and we know that homes eventually go out of style. Man, a home could burn down. And we know that clothes eventually go out of fashion. Though if you just hold on to them long enough, they'll come back. So just keep those things. 
right? These are all things that get so much focus and attention in people's lives, and yet we all inherently know that the things that are most important in life are the things that are valuable, not necessarily expensive. See, what happens when that fancy new laptop goes to the blue screen of death? We're more concerned about the files that are on that laptop than the expensive laptop itself. Or if you drop and you break that phone or it lands in the river, you're more concerned about the pictures and your contacts on that phone than you are with the phone itself. When there's a car accident or a house burns down, what is the first question we ask? Did everybody get out okay? Did everyone get out okay? We know that there are just things that could be of little cost or little, of ex- little expense, but they're much more valuable and have greater worth than that thing, whatever it is, that was really expensive. The things that are most valuable are the things that money cannot replace or buy. And yet it often takes some sort of great tragedy or bad thing happening for us to realize their worth. And it's easy to be deceived into focusing on the expensive instead of the valuable. And sometimes we even miss what is so valuable in the face of something that is expensive. And as I said earlier, we're not alone as a culture with this oftentimes misguided focus. So let's pick back up with the verses we started off with today. And in those verses, we see the exact same mistake being made. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to read them again. Mark 14, 3 to 9, it says, While he was in Bethany reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, Why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. Leave her alone, said Jesus. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, and you can help them anytime you want, but you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. So to set the context for this, it says that Jesus was in Bethany and was reclining at the table of a man named Simon, here referred to as Simon the leper. The most likely scenario being that Jesus had probably healed this man named Simon from leprosy, and he was now having a meal with him. And as you read through your Gospels, you'll see that both John and Matthew also record what is most likely this exact same event. Now, Luke has an account of a woman anointing Jesus with perfume, but that one is probably a little bit different. So here, Mark records that as Jesus was reclining at the table, a woman came in with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume. We are talking about perfume that most scholars estimate would be worth about a year's wages. A rough estimate for today would be about fifty-five dollars to $60,000. Expensive perfume. Now, it was customary in those days to anoint a guest with a drop of oil when they arrived at your home because, as we know, showers weren't really a thing back then, and neither was deodorant. And trust me, I just went to convention with (laughs) deodorant's very important. You have teenage boys, remind them deodorant is important. You know what I'm talking about, Matt, right? You get around some of those teenage boys and it's like, whoo. 
So it was customary back then for them to anoint a guest with a drop or two of perfume. But here we see that she didn't just anoint with a little dot of perfume. She broke the jar and she poured it over Jesus' head. And the reaction of that room, I suspect, is exactly how so many people would respond with today. Are you insane? Are you crazy? Lady, what are you doing? How can you pour out such an expensive perfume like that? And it says that they didn't just rebuke her, but they rebuked her harshly. They called her wasteful. And the mistake that they made is they failed to distinguish between something that was expensive and something that was truly valuable. Their eyes could only see that which was expensive, and they missed what was valuable. They saw the woman pour out the expensive alabaster jar of perfume, and all they could say was, Wow, that's a year's worth of wages. That's really expensive. But they failed to recognize that there was something of much greater value and worth that was taking place. So that brings me to two questions that I would like us to consider today for our lives. Because we want to make sure that we don't end up making that same mistake. So first, are we valuing our relationship with Christ higher than anything else? And second... Are we maintaining a focus in our life on the things that are valuable? So let's start with that first question. What value do we place on our relationship with Christ? Have we valued our relationship with Christ higher than anything else? Have we assigned him the proper value and worth in our lives? And are we worshiping him as such? See, the woman who brought this perfume understood what all those at the dinner table, including Christ's very disciples, did not, that there was no value that could be placed on Jesus in our worship of him. He was priceless. He's priceless. There's no value or price that could be assigned on worshiping him. It's beyond our ability to even place a value on it because it's priceless. An expensive jar of perfume was nothing Because Christ in knowing him and worshiping him was far more valuable. It was the most valuable thing in the world. And she did not miss her opportunity in that moment. I want you to notice what Christ said in verse 7. He said, you will not always have me. Now this isn't the main point of the sermon, but I want to make sure that we point this out because it's very important. It was just a short time after this that Christ went to the cross This was the last time that Christ would be sitting at the dinner table with this woman and with Simon. If she would have missed her opportunity, if she would have said, oh man, I just had a rough day. Oh man, I'm just too stressed. Or if she wasn't truly present that evening, she would have missed this opportunity to worship Christ in this way and she would have never had that opportunity again. See, one attitude I believe we need to be very careful of in the church is this sort of laissez-faire attitude that whatever happens is just going to happen. Or this attitude of always thinking that we can do tomorrow what could have been done today. See, it can be easy to have a very laid-back attitude when it comes to witnessing to a friend or worshiping the Lord or pressing into a sermon and a service and responding at the altar Sometimes we can be like, well, you know, I can always tell them about Christ another time. Oh, man, you know, it's been a busy week. It's been very stressful. I'm just going to kind of coast through this service today. 
but we should always recognize that there may be opportunities presented to us on any given day and moment that we may never have again. There could be life-changing and course-altering encounters with Christ if you are willing to take hold of those moments. If we are aware of them and unwilling to let them pass us by. And that is what this woman did. She saw the opportunity and she said, I will not let this pass by. And she extravagantly worshiped Jesus. She saw that which was most valuable in the room. And it was Jesus sitting at the table. Jesus is most valuable. He is of greater worth than we can understand or comprehend. We were created for worshiping him. One of the reasons that we walk on this earth is to worship Christ. We are created to be loved by him and to love him back. Now, if we aren't careful, we could end up like the disciples and the naysayers in the room who were more concerned with the cost of the perfume instead of the value of knowing and worshiping Christ. If we aren't careful, we can have our eyes like the disciples focused on the jar instead of like the woman focused on Jesus. See, she saw his worth, and in an instant, she poured the perfume out. She didn't measure it out. She didn't say a drop or two is enough. She saw his worth, and she poured it out. If we are measuring out our worship, it can only mean that we've yet to understand his worth. If we measure out our worship, it means that we have not yet completely seen the worth of knowing Christ Because when we see his worth, the natural reaction will be to simply pour it all out. The Bible speaks of a sacrifice of praise. A sacrifice means that there may just be a cost to it. Now, you may recall the account in 2 Samuel 24, where Gad is sent by the Lord to David, and he tells David to build an altar on the threshing floor of Arunah. And David shows up at Aruna's house and tells him that the Lord instructed him to build an altar at his threshing floor. And Aruna is like, oh my goodness, this is the king. Sure, David, you can build an altar. You can have that land. You can have that property. Here are all my oxen. Here's some wood. Take whatever you need for free, and you can do this sacrifice to the Lord. And David replies back to him, no. And he tells him, I will pay the full price because I will not offer a sacrifice that costs me nothing. See, David recognized the worth of praising God, and he said, I will pay any price, because he saw the one who was most valuable. See, I know of a church, and it's a good church, so I'm not one of those guys that likes to be critical of other churches. But they would open the service by saying, we invite you to worship in ways in which you are comfortable. Now, I'm not a fan of friendly fire in the church, but I just can't get past the fact that our comfort should never be the objective of our worship. In fact, Bethel, I would encourage you to worship God in ways that take you a little bit past where you're comfortable. I would encourage all of us to say, my comfort's not the objective of worshiping God. It's honoring and lifting up his name. I want to challenge all of us to be extravagant in our worship of Jesus. Now, this applies to our entire lives, right? Romans 12, it tells us that our entire lives can be worship unto Christ. This means that in living for Christ, everything we do can be an act of worship offered to him. When you work hard at your job and you do it well, that's an act of worship unto God. When you take care of the neighbor down the road, that is an act of worship. When you spend time with your family and you're present with them, that can be done as an act of worship 
unto God. We are called to let our entire lives and how we live be extravagant worship of Jesus, everything we do. But in these verses that we are looking at, there was a specific act of worship that was completely, totally extravagant. And so my encouragement to all of us at Bethel is let's also be extravagant in our acts of worship to Jesus. See, can I encourage all of us today to break out of our comfort zones a little bit? To just break out of our comfort zones a little bit. Bethel, I want it to be very clear to everyone that you are free in your worship of Christ here. You can sing, you can dance, you can jump up and down, you can shout your praises, you can fill these altars, you can raise your hands, you can wave flags. You are free to worship Christ as he leads you. Please don't bring your own instrument and play. Please. We have an amazing worship team. We're going to let them be the instruments. But you are free in your worship of Christ to worship him. There's freedom in this house to be extravagant worshipers of Jesus who hold nothing back and time and time again bring him a sacrifice of praise. I want to encourage all of us, let's just loosen up a little bit. Just get loose in here a little bit. Come on, can we just loosen up a little bit? See, don't be so concerned with what anyone else thinks, but keep your focus on what is valuable, and that is bringing a sacrifice of praise to Jesus. Now, I get it. For some of you, this may be a challenge, right? For some, even putting a hand up in worship may be a sacrifice, and you know what? That's okay. That's okay, but I want to encourage you to give a sacrifice of praise. Take that one step. Step past what is comfortable in your worship. Because you will find when you freely worship Jesus, it is going to do something in your life. What you often find is that each act of getting outside of our comfort zone brings just a little bit more freedom in everything we do. He's worthy of extravagant worship, not just singing a few songs before the pastor gets up to preach. And as we become extravagant in our worship, and you are free to do that, let me say it again. Never let us be the ones sitting back criticizing those who, worship, who are worshiping, lest we make the same mistake of all those in the room who had their eyes on something other than Jesus. The fact of the matter is, if they would have had their eyes on Jesus and would have been worshiping him, they wouldn't have had any time to criticize her for what she did. So never be the one criticizing somebody else as they offer their worship unto Christ, lest we make that exact same mistake. Men, I'm going to challenge y'all here, because I think sometimes as men, we're a little bit more concerned with what people think. And there's this sort of stereotype that men can't be so outward with our worship, and we got to hold it together a little bit. I want to encourage you to just go check out David and see how he danced. He was a man after God's heart, and he was extravagant in his worship. So men, talking to myself, I challenge all of us, let's take the lead on this. Let's be extravagant worshipers of Jesus, and let's break down that stereotype that men can't freely, extravagantly worship Jesus in the exact same way. Now, I'm not saying you have to dance in the aisle, because we're not here telling people what they need to do. We're not here to put on a show. So this isn't me telling you you need to do those particular things, but what I am saying is that we should all be willing to step outside of what is merely comfortable in order to give honor to the one who is most valuable. 
These altars are open during worship. I encourage you to fill them up. You say, well, does it make a difference? What difference does it really make? Well, it just might make a difference because it gets you out of your routine. Right? You can go back and you can study in the book of Exodus, and it speaks how Moses and Joshua would set up the tent of meeting far outside of the camp where they would go to meet with the Lord. Now, we could ask a basic question. Couldn't they just meet with God in their own tent? Of course they could. Of course they could meet with God in their own tent. Yet they set this tent of meeting out up outside the camp because there's something powerful when we get outside of routine that prepares our hearts in a special way to have a powerful encounter with the Lord. Getting, out of, getting outside of our routine can lead to powerful, life-changing encounters with Jesus. So I encourage all of us, God does something amazing when we enter into his presence, so let's never miss an opportunity to press in during worship, and let's give our best to the one who is worthy of it all. She poured it out. She poured the perfume all over Jesus, and what is most amazing is at the end of the night, she left as the only person in the room having the same fragrance as Christ. She had her eyes on what was most valuable, while the others could only see what was merely expensive. Now the second question. Beyond our relationship with Christ, are we maintaining a focus in our lives on the things that are most valuable? You say, well, how can we know this? How can we measure this? A great way of measuring what we are valuing the most is by looking at where we spend our free time. Time is one of the most valuable things that we have on this earth because it is limited. And where we spend that limited resource is a great indicator of what we are placing value on in our lives. We can say that our relationship with Christ is most valuable. We can say our families and our friends are truly most valuable. We can say that doing the work of the Lord is valuable to us. But if all of those things get mere scraps of time that's left over... Are we truly valuing them or are we simply giving lip service to them? It's a sad fact of life that many people waste their years away focused on things that are merely expensive to the very detriment of what is most valuable. People who work crazy hours to be able to afford all of the nice things in life, but they miss out on time and all of those special events with their loved ones. People will find themselves in this constant cycle of hoping that the next toy or trinket that they buy will bring some sort of satisfaction or joy, but they neglect the only one, Jesus, who can give them true joy. See, if you've ever been around someone who is nearing the end of their life or perhaps is on their deathbed, I've never once heard somebody say, man, I wish I could just have one more car. I wish I could have just had a bigger house. Man, I wish I could have had a fancier phone. No, you don't hear any of that, but rather you hear people say, man, I wish I could have one more day with my spouse or one more day with my kids or my family. I wish I could tell one more person about Jesus. When all is said and done, what is most valuable on this earth? It's the only thing that's gonna last forever. It's our relationship with Christ and it's people. It's people People are the most valuable thing on this earth. And so the question is, are we spending our most precious resource on this earth, our time, on what is most valuable? 
First, our families. This is our first and most important ministry. Pastor Breed nails this all the time. She talks about how our families are our first ministry. And it is so true. Your family is your first and most important ministry in your life, the most important place that you need to minister and should be giving time. Are we valuing our families in a way that they should be valued? I saw this absolutely crazy statistic, and it said that on average, a parent will spend a little over 19 years of their time with their children in their lifetime. This is crazy because it means we have our children for about 18 years, and then once they graduate high school, the amount of time you will spend with them will be approximately one more year. Now, this is just an average, so it doesn't apply in every case. We know sometimes kids live with the families, sometimes maybe longer than the parents want them to. But it's on average, the vast majority of time that you will ever spend with your children is all done in those first 18 years of their life, and you have so little over the rest. Are we valuing them and prioritizing our families in the way that we should be? And if the worship team wants to go ahead and come on up. Next, the work that we do for the kingdom to impact people. The work that we do for the kingdom to impact people. Are we making an impact for the kingdom with our lives? See, if you want to live a life that is meaningful, then make an impact on what will last forever, what will last for eternity. See, we aren't going to stand around in heaven someday and compare who had the nicest car, who had the biggest house, who had the most zeros on their bank account. Those things will not matter in eternity. What will matter is the impact that we made in people's lives and did we do what Christ has called us to do. What are we called to do? We're called by Christ to make disciples. All of us are called by Christ to make disciples. Jesus said in Matthew 28 to go and make disciples. This verse could be translated as you go make disciples. It could be translated going make disciples. In other words, as we go about our lives, we are called to feed into people's lives and to impact them for Christ. See, to make disciples, people first need to come to Christ and then they need to be taught that they can live like him. It's really what discipling all comes down to. It's letting people know that you can know Christ and then you can live like he lived. We all have this calling on our lives and we all have opportunities, giftings, and talents that we can contribute. We talked about the body of Christ during our Fundamental Truth series, that we are all part of the body. We are all essential. We are all valuable in the work of Christ being completed. So I want to encourage you in two ways. First, as we discussed last week, be bold and take action for the kingdom. Let people in your sphere of influence know about Jesus. Be bold. Take action. We talked about that last week. That we as God's people should be provoked to take action. Let some people know about Jesus. Invite people to be part of what God is doing here. He's up to some amazing things. And if you notice that somebody is missing from here, reach out to them and see how they're doing. 
reach out to them and make sure everything's okay and let them know that we miss them and we desire them to be here because they are part of this body. Second, I wanna encourage you to find your place in the body of Christ. We have so many ministries, so many outreaches, so many things that happen at Bethel and they run because of the body, because of you. They run because people are willing to give of their time to what is valuable. There are places in this church that your talents and your giftings are needed, where you can serve and in doing so, you can make an impact in people's lives. Let me give you an example of this. Right now, we have people in the nursery volunteering their time. People in kids' church right now volunteering their time. They are not babysitting kids this morning. They are making a kingdom impact. If you're here and you work in children's ministry, you work in the nursery during these services, thank you. Thank you because you are making an impact in the kingdom in two ways. First, you're impacting the lives of those children that you work with and that they are working with right now. And second, they allow the parents of those children to be pre children's. That was terrible. Children. Whew. The parents of those children to be present in the service where God can impact their lives as well. Three of my four kids right now are in that age. I have one in the nursery, one in preschool, one in kids' church. Those workers right now are allowing me to minister to all of you. When you give of your time to volunteer in a ministry of the church, you are making a massive impact in people's lives, in the kingdom. You are making an impact in what will last forever. As this church continues to move in the right direction, and I believe we're gonna see great growth, we need more people who are willing to give of their time to what is valuable ministering to people in all of the various ministries that Bethel has as the Lord leads you. I'm believing that God is gonna grow this church in a huge way, but we need to prepare for it right now. So we need to prepare right now and begin to prepare the vessel for what God wants to do so that we are prepared as he begins to move and continues to bring people here and continues to do his incredible work. I wanna tell you this morning, the time that you spend on impacting people's lives is never wasted because it means you have your eyes on what, which, what is most valuable. Now, one quick aside, we're getting ready to land this plane. One quick aside so that nobody gets any of this twisted. I am not saying that there's anything wrong with having something that's expensive. Don't misunderstand me here this morning. It is perfectly okay to own a car and a house. There's nothing wrong with having hobbies that cost money. I'm not saying any of that. Please do not leave here this morning thinking that Pastor Josh said that I have to go sell everything immediately or I'm not a good Christian. It is okay to have those things as the Lord provides. He provides both bread and seed. We're gonna talk about that in a couple of weeks. It's perfectly okay to eat the bread that God provides to you just don't want to eat your seed. So there's nothing wrong with all of those things. They are all good things as long as they are kept in the proper perspective and the proper place of importance in what we dedicate our lives to. The key is that we learn to keep what is most valuable as the priority in our lives and we don't allow the world to tell us that we need to live for things that are merely expensive. We live for what's most valuable because I would bet you right now Maybe we shouldn't say bet. Am I allowed to say bet from the pulpit? I'm not allowed to say that either. So we're not betting. 
I would guess, get myself in all sorts of trouble these days. I would guess that if you could ask the woman, right? Don't bet, don't gamble. It's not good for anything. If you could ask the woman right now, whether it was worth pouring out that expensive perfume on Jesus, she would answer yes in a heartbeat. And she would say, I would do it all over again. We will never regret spending our time on the things that are truly valuable. Our relationship of of Christ, our worship of him, time with family, friends, and loved ones, and the time and the effort that we give in impacting people for the kingdom. Those are things that we will never regret spending our time on. And those are things of great value, worth, and impact. So you wanna go ahead and stand to your feet this morning. want us to just take a few moments this morning to give consideration of those things. Do you want to just go ahead and close your eyes this morning, close yourself in with the Holy Spirit? I want you to just ask, have I valued Jesus above all else? Am I worshiping him as such? Am I focused in my life on the things that are most valuable or have I been focused on the things that may merely be expensive? And I want you to know you could be in here this morning and your focus could have been way off. Maybe this morning, those things that are expensive have gotten your eye and your attention and your time. There's no guilt this morning. You simply say, Jesus, from this day forward, I want my life to be about what is most valuable. Don't let the enemy come in and try to use guilt against you because guilt is worthless. It's demonic. It's not of Jesus. But rather this morning, if the Lord highlights something where he's showing you that something else has gotten your attention other than him and what's valuable, you simply declare, Jesus, from this morning forward, I'm going to keep my eyes focused on what is most valuable. So just go ahead right now and take a moment and just say, Jesus, if there's anything that you need to just reveal to me, would you reveal it? And then just declare that you want to focus on what's valuable. Just take a moment this morning. this morning that I want to pray over people who have jobs that require them to work really long hours and it's cutting into them being able to spend time with the things they consider that's most valuable. So this morning, if you have a job or jobs just trying to make ends meet and it's cutting in and you're saying, man, I want to dedicate more time to the Lord. I want to spend more time with my family, but I just can't because of this. I want to pray over you this morning for breakthrough 
in your finances and promotion and increase and new job opportunities that will allow you to be able to spend time on what's valuable. So I'm gonna go ahead and pray over you this morning. Heavenly Father, I just love you and thank you. First, Lord Jesus, we just pray over those who are here this morning who may have a job or multiple jobs trying to make ends meet. And Lord, the time that they have to give to that thing is cutting into their time to spend on what they consider valuable. And so Lord Jesus, today we pray for promotion in their lives. We pray for new job opportunities to open for them. Father, as they are faithful to you, I pray that you would bless the finances of their household so that they wouldn't have to spend all of that time on work and they'd be able to give more of their time to you and their families. And so, Lord, we pray for breakthrough this very day. For those that may have been looking for a better job for much time, I pray that breakthrough would come this week and you would lead them into a better job, Lord Jesus, that provides for them without having to work such crazy hours. We speak your blessing over them. And now, Lord Jesus, for this house, for Bethel, Lord, I pray that we as a people and we as a church would be ones who keep our eyes on that which is most valuable. That our eyes would first and foremost be turned to you. That we would be extravagant worshipers of Jesus. That every time we come into this house and as we go through our week, we would be extravagant worshipers of you who hold nothing back, but like this woman, simply pour it all out on you. Lord, I pray that we would be a people who keep what is most valuable is valuable, that we would be a people who would love on our families, our friends, that we would make time for them, Lord, that no one in this room would get to the end of their life living with regret because of the time that they missed, but they would be able to say that they dedicated their life to what's valuable. And Lord, for the work of the kingdom, may we be a body of believers who are about your business who give of ourselves to sow into the kingdom and to make an impact for you in the lives of people. Lord, let us be a people who are about your business. Lord, let us be ones whose eyes never turn to what is merely expensive, but we keep our eyes always on what is most valuable. And so we love you this morning, Jesus. We worship you. We praise you. We give you all the glory and the honor. Thank you for listening. You can find us online at BethelAG.com or on Facebook at Bethel Assembly of God, Littlestown, Pennsylvania. Our services are also live streamed every Sunday on our YouTube channel, Bethel AG, Littlestown, Pennsylvania.